All right, folks, welcome to Justify Your Existence, the Daily Journal's podcast about Mississippi State, Ole Miss, the SEC, and beyond. Uh, I'm Stefan Kreisnik, our Mississippi State beat reporter, joined as always by Michael Katz, our Ole Miss beat reporter. How are you doing, Michael? It's another day in paradise, man. How are things in Starkville? It's good, man. It's It's been a really nice week weather-wise. Um, it's been like, you know, in the middle, mid-70s for most of the week. Um, it's It's been really warm. Got a chance to golf a little bit this week, which I haven't done in a few weeks. So, um yeah, Tennessee State Week is uh is is the Disney World of the South right now in Starkville. Yeah, I know. I I hate to use like the the bye week thing, but like it 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 kind of just feels like we're gonna happen to be at a game on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about the the poor schedule that uh, the SEC has this week, particularly with the two games we have. Though, granted, you do have a conference game technically. I we'll mean, get into they are technically in the conference. Yes. yes. We'll get into that. Let's talk a little bit about some of the other games. Um, before we do that, make sure you follow Justify Your Existence on your favorite podcast platform or at djournal.com slash podcast. And go ahead and join our Facebook groups, Mississippi State Discussion with Parrish Halford and Stefan Kreischnik and Ole Miss Discussion with Parrish Halford and Michael Katz. And make sure you follow djournal sports on twitter.com. All right, uh, Michael, before we start the SEC games, let's look at some uh, non-conference, or not, I shouldn't say non-conference, they're conference games, out-of-conference games. Um, outside the SEC, Michigan State, Ohio State, probably the biggest game on the slate um, this weekend. It's really not that great of a slate um, of, of college football in general, um, but you technically have yourself a top seven matchup with number four, Ohio State, and number seven, uh, Michigan State. This is in the, the college football playoff rankings. Um, is it are, are we going to end up, you know, is this setting up for the same old Ohio State that gets into the playoff and is actually a pretty decent team? Yeah, so I've never been more confident that Ohio State is going to win this one convincingly than when I saw that Mel Tucker is getting the bag. Yep. Uh, that, that's the kiss of death. That is, I've never been more confident. I'm not a gambler, but if I was, I, I would absolutely bet the house against Michigan State. Because one, you know, we've, we've seen that they are not perfect. And, you know, especially that defense is a little bit sketch, particularly against the pass. Um, Ohio State happens to have like maybe the best receiving core in the country. I would, um, I, I would argue they do. Um, and you know, CJ Stroud, I, it's crazy because I remember watching him that first game. I was like, this guy sucks. And then he's yeah. got, he's having like just a ridiculous year. Um, Heisman, I think on FanDuel, he's the Heisman favorite. And he, he probably should be like just with right. the numbers he's putting up. And, right. um, you know, they, they are a very different team, I think, from when they played Oregon. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think that game would go the same way now, but, uh, you know, in, in the horseshoe too, like it's, it, 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 if Michigan state pulls it off, like more power to them, but this, this seems like a pretty good Ohio state team. And by that, I mean, they're absolutely going to lose in the semifinal because that's, right. this is what they do. Like they're not that good. Um, but I mean. I, 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 I will say I think Michigan's going to give him a fight, and I'm going to regret saying that because I say that every year because I think Jim Harbaugh is a better coach than he probably really is. Um, but we, we can cross that bridge when the time comes. But uh, I, 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 I think Ohio State's going to win this one fairly handily. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think um, going back to C.J. Stroud, I mean, he's the Heisman favorite in, in most places for a reason. Um, What's interesting about Ohio State is, is like you said, they're kind of setting up to lose in the college football semifinals. I will say, though, I don't – right now, obviously, they're the four, so they would face Georgia. 
Um, you know, I still think that Georgia is going to beat Alabama in the SEC title game. So it, it, even in the worst case, even if Bama were to stay in the playoff, which let's let's talk about this for a second. So if Alabama loses and stays in the playoff as a two-loss team, they're the four seed. You can't have them as a two or three, um, obviously depending on what happens with Oregon. I think Ohio State wins out, and they're either a two or a three. And then, um, you know, you could maybe have two-loss Bama be a three – and have you know undefeated Cincinnati be the four, but there's a good chance that that um, Alabama falls to the four if they stay in, and you get Georgia, uh, Alabama technically two weeks in a row, but really like a month apart. Um, so that's really interesting because it's like, well, you couldn't beat Georgia. Here's a second chance to beat Georgia. Um, yeah, no, yeah. But but it does set up for um, Ohio State to maybe get an easier semifinal game. Um, than having to play Georgia right now. So that that's the one thing that Ohio State has going for them. I mean, if, if they're clicking, that offense is, is rolling. They're, I mean, they're the best offense in the nation, arguably. I mean, maybe not even arguably. When they're rolling, when they're at their best, there's few offenses that can match them. Um, but I, I agree. I, I think I think Michigan State's good. I, they just don't kind of have that next step to them right now. Like, I, I think they're a top-10 team, but I think the the – we see a lot in college football. The difference between a, num- a one, a two, or a three is different than a number 10. And I think that's kind of what we see with Michigan State is that they're not quite um, Ohio State or, you know, Alabama or Georgia, not even close to that. But, like, they're a top 10 team. You can be a top 10 team and be a good football team um, and just not be, you know, the, the team that can compete with with the perennials. Um, should be an interesting game. I mean, I, I'm interested to see kind of how, what that Michigan State defense can do against the Ohio State offense. That's kind of the matchup that I think will dictate it. They, they can get burned in coverage like they always do. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Another interesting game on, on the slate outside the SEC, um, Iowa State goes to Oklahoma. Um, you know, I mean, Oklahoma's got to be playing to get them, to keep themselves in a, in a big – or, a, sorry, a, a New Year's Six. Um, you know, they got something to play for the rest of the way. I know, you know, schools like that, it kind of feels like if you don't get into playoff anymore, it's, you know, what's the point. But um, does, does Oklahoma have it, like, in them? Still, like, like we were all kind of waiting for them to lose, were we not? I mean, the, the fact that Oklahoma was undefeated and not in the playoff probably tells you what people thought of them. Yeah, they were, like, a really – I don't know if it's possible to say, like, a bad undefeated team, but they were always kind of walking on eggshells egg in terms of, like, their their resume. And I think we all were just kind of, like, not hoping they lost. But, like, if they lost, it'd be like, okay, well, at least we don't have to talk about them in the playoff. Um, I, I think they'll be okay for this one because – Something is wrong with Iowa State. Um, like that team brought back everybody, and yeah. they just have not had the magic. Um, I think Matt Campbell's done a really nice job there. Iowa State is a hard place to win, particularly in the Big 12, but um, it just has not looked like that team that was really, really good last year. Um, you know, I I, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt because I just saw Oklahoma play like absolute, you know, doo-doo. Um, but I, I think I think you're only going to keep the Oklahoma offense down like for so many weeks. I think they'll probably – Caleb Williams will, will figure it out. Um, I, I think I, I would be surprised if, if it's the Spencer Rattler show. I think that was – I'm not sure what that move was. Um, it's, you know, he's, uh, I guess Lincoln Riley's got a quick trigger, but the, the only thing that I can like, maybe think about like that Oklahoma doesn't win this is, um, the internet rumors that he's taking the LSU job and the flight tracker, which apparently everybody, everybody's an investigative reporter now looking at flight tracker, seeing 
flights yeah. from 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 Norman to Baton Rouge, and just apparently everybody's ever flown that route is Lincoln Riley. Um, you know, I, I know that the coaches try to put that stuff, you know, behind them, but could it make an impact? Maybe, but I, I think Oklahoma can can pretty easily dispatch this Iowa State team. Yeah, no, flight tracker season is it's the worst. It is the worst. It's interesting. I remember last year after the Auburn opening happened, someone f- flew from Bloomington, Indiana to Auburn, and everyone was like, who makes that trip? Oh, no. Um, apparently it wasn't Tom Allen, or at least not to that <laughs> extent. So, um, yeah, the flight tracker season is crazy. That's a whole other hellscape on the Internet. The um, one more game we'll talk about, and we'll talk a little SEC play. Um, so you're pretty confident that Utah is going to beat uh, Oregon at, uh, in Utah. Um, I picked Oregon to win. I mean, I could see both sides, obviously, you know, a couple ranked teams going uh, head to head with um, the number three team on the road. Um, what, what's your reason behind Utah? So I say this is somebody who has had my heart ripped out by Utah uh, already this season. They play just a brutal brand of football. Um, where they, they have just, for a while. They're probably they one have, of the greatest programs in the nation. Yeah. And you know, those great Kyle Whittingham programs have really beat you up on on. Right. Uh, running the ball and then just their defenses are always usually pretty solid. Um, you know, they've got a really, since they put Cameron rising in at quarterback, the Texas transfer, their offense has really kind of taken flight a little bit. And he's probably one of the more talented quarterbacks they've had there in a while. Um, and so I think that's kind of added a new element, but I, I think Utah is, is very good, but I also think that if this Oregon team is like Oregon teams that we've seen for the last like 15 years, they can usually be pushed around. Um, you know, they're, they're usually extremely blessed skill wise. And that's again, the case this year. And yes, they've got some nice players up front, but uh, when we've seen Oregon lose, it's to the Stanford's and it, it's those sort of like grinded out games. And uh, I can tell you that Utah is one of the toughest places to play a game. I, I covered a game there. I couldn't, I was shaking like from the crowd just being so crazy. Um, it's not a big place, but it's it's really loud. Um, yeah, I know Oregon's used to loud crowds because they play at Austin and all that stuff, and they're usually getting booed when they go on the road. But um, you know, I I I know that they I, I know they have that one over Ohio State. No one can take that away from them. But they kind of feel like a team that kind of peaked early, and then the rest of college football kind of was like kind of caught up a little bit. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if they, if they win, cause maybe they are better than, than I thought, but it just feels like a Utah team, like really well equipped to beat the Oregon teams that we've seen over the last, you know, 10 or so years. Yeah, no, I would, I would agree. Um, you know, I picked Oregon to win, um, simply because I think they're the better team and they kind of got that more talent. Um, but, but it's setting up to be one of those, uh, late night games that are really fun to watch. Um, that's the ABC game at um, seven or six thirty, whenever it is, whatever. Um, so we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll see what happens there. I mean, that that's a huge game. With, I mean, if Oregon loses, it shakes up. I mean, Cincinnati's a playoff team. You can't you can't keep them out at that point. Um, it shakes They'll try. Up. They will try. I mean, yeah, they will try to keep them out. Don't worry about that. But um, you know, if Michigan State plays a close game with Ohio State, they jump over Cincinnati. <laughs> um, you got to jump over Michigan first because beating them isn't good enough. Anyways, uh, shifting over to the SEC slate, um, really bad FC, or sorry, FCS slate, not even the SEC slate. Um, really bad slate of games. Um, the highlight is the CBS game. Arkansas goes to Alabama. Alabama's going to win that game probably by a few touchdowns. 
Um, but is Arkansas maybe back to the team they were at the start of the year? Maybe. I mean, they might be, but like, uh, is this like, like, remember the hype, like Arkansas undefeated going on the road playing Georgia? Like, this is like, I feel like it's like round two of like Arkansas's back. The hype is there. They're going on the road and they're playing Alabama. And it's like, you know, we know how this ends. And they're going to get slammed. Um, and that's, that's nothing against Arkansas because I, I really like what Sam Pittman has done. Uh, and I, I think they are back on track, but that's a really, really tough game to play late in the year. Yeah. I mean, my God, every, everyone else playing like Western Carolina and yep. like, you know, Samford, well, Florida almost didn't beat Samford, but that's another story. Um, but, you know, this is kind of like a, it's not a bye week, but it's, it's, this is kind of like the, the, the week before the crazy rivalries and all that stuff. Uh, that's a, this is a brutal game to have to play this late in the season. Um, I think Arkansas is really good, but uh, I, I think Alabama is a lot better. Right. Yeah, no, I, I, like you said, I mean, same with Arkansas going to Georgia earlier this year. Like, it's not, you know, I think Arkansas is actually a really good team, and I think they're probably a top 25 team, and, and you know, they'll probably drop out because they're 21 right now. They'll drop out if they lose to Alabama. But, like, you know, that's just the way it goes. It doesn't mean you're not a top 25 team. A um, couple games, we'll, we'll move through this pretty quick here. Um, Florida goes to Missouri. Auburn goes to South Carolina. A couple of, like, these are both really weird games to figure out because – Bo Nix is done for the season. Um, you know, Finley is, is a pretty good backup to have, um, you know, going in to face South Carolina. South Carolina lost to Missouri, you know, after that big win against Florida. No one knows what's going on with Florida. And who knows if that Florida defense can stop the Missouri offense? Probably not. Um, not from what I've seen. Would you Would you agree? And I, I can't remember our predictions now. I'm pretty sure I picked Missouri and I picked Auburn. But would you agree that – Missouri has the better chance of getting the win than South Carolina does. Ooh, I think I pick South Carolina. I'm on the Shane Beamer train. I'm, I'm okay. feeling very stupidly confident in, in our boy, Ben Portnoy. Um, no, it's, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think that South Carolina team is playing a lot better. Uh, I, I do think he's done a really nice job there. I don't know how much you like take away from them, you know, beating the you know, crap out of Florida, uh, but that was a very impressive win. Um, and you know, I, 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 Finley's a nice player, um, but there's a reason Bo Nix has been starting there for 15 years. Um, yeah. you know, they, they like what he does and he, for the most part had done a really nice job of not doing the extremely Bo Nix thing this season. Um, and he was really kind of in command of, of everything they were doing. I, I do think they're going to miss him. Um, I, I, the Florida defense does scare me because it is atrocious um you know what they give up 50 something to samford last week which is just i mean that's like an ncaa 2006 like video game score like when i have like a dynasty going right um uh i mean that's that's unreal i know they made some higher uh, some firings and whatnot but um i i still i've been hurt by missouri a few times this year and i'm just not ready for them to hurt me again <laughs> um, I, I, I think there's a good chance that they put up some points and they've got, they've got a really nice running back. Uh, the quarterback situation is a little kind of all over the place right now. Um, and man, I know Florida sucks, but they've got some dudes and I think dudes will always kind of keep you in the game to an extent. Yeah, well, you saw LSU play at Alabama. Yeah, no, exactly. And you know, it was, we all know LSU is not good. Right. Um, and so I, I, I think either one could, but I, I feel more confident in South Carolina over Auburn and that means they're absolutely going to lose by 30. Yeah. 
I, I'm really it's it's setting up so I think I think Auburn has no chance in the Iron Bowl not now. I thought Auburn had a pretty good chance of winning yeah. the Iron Bowl at some point this season. Um, I don't think they have a chance now. So I, I I'm looking at the SEC standings right now. So I got Auburn with at least four losses. Um, you know, um, best case scenario, they finished what four and four in the SEC. Um, Texas A&M, I could see them winning out, going five and three in the SEC. But Ole Miss and Mississippi State both have that tiebreaker against AM. And obviously they play each other. Like it, I, I'm pretty confident saying right now that um the egg bowl is going to determine second place in the SEC West, which is crazy to think about. Maybe not crazy to think about from the Ole Miss perspective, because I think that's kind of where people thought Ole Miss would be. Um, but I mean Mississippi State was at you know towards the bottom with Arkansas in terms of the, the SEC West uh preseason polls and all that stuff. Um, this this egg bowl, man, it's it's gonna be an important game. It's going to be an important game. I'm excited. I'm excited to um, shift gears and and talk Egg Bowl week. Um, because you don't want to talk about Tennessee State? No, I don't. I really don't. I mean, I want to. Talk, I mean, Eddie George had a great you know career himself. Um, Hugh Jackson, you know, got fired by the Browns like every other Browns coach ever. Um, <laughs> now, now he's an offensive coordinator at Tennessee State. I mean, yeah, like you know, you're Nashville, but like you know, yeah. Like um, Brandon Fisher is their defensive coordinator. And do you know who Brandon Fisher is related to? He's the son of former Titans head coach, Jeff Fisher. Oh, and Jeff Fisher is like, oh. a, Jeff Fisher, future USC head coach is, um, is like a special like advisor to the team and stuff like that. So like, like all jokes aside, like Tennessee state has a stacked coaching staff. Yeah. Like these are like just picking out like NFL, like talent, NFL coaches, like nothing, but you know, it's an FCS school facing Mississippi State. So we'll talk about that game first before we go into your game and, um, you know, the future story you had today. Um, you know, I wrote about this in, in the advance uh, for this game, and it's like you you never overlook an opponent. You can't do that. But, like, at the same time, you need to, you need to be aware that the Egg Bowl is next week, right? So you're, On a short week. On a short week. Yeah, exactly. So you're going to send out your starters like normal. And Will Rogers needs 72 yards to break the single season passing record from Dak Prescott in 2015. You'll get that. You'll get a huge lead going into halftime, you know, like 30 points or something like that. Should that just this should all be a given against an FCS school? And then in the second half, you rest the heck out of everyone. And then you say, why did they rest everyone? Well, maybe if they were playing anybody else next week on a normal week of rest, you would run up the score on Tennessee State. But you would hope that your backups can run up the score on Tennessee State and that Will Rogers and your starting receivers and everyone can rest because of that short week. Um, so that's, I mean, that's all it is to it. There's not much to talk about with this game in the sense of, like, if you're a Mississippi State fan and you want to watch this game, like, you're watching to see what what the freshman can do. Like, you know, Sawyer Robertson is, is the quarterback of the future, kind of, that people are hoping we'll see what happens with Will Rogers. Um, cause he's obviously, you know, breaking all kinds of records right now and playing really well. Um, you know, you want to see Sawyer Robertson, maybe get some snaps. He hasn't played any games this year. He could start every game for you. He'd still get his red shirt at this point of the year. Um, you want to see him. I mean, JJ Jernigan was a walk-on running back. He just earned a scholarship this week, get him some snaps, get him some playing time. You know, it's a, obviously an emotional week for him. Um, that's, I mean, that's kind of what you're looking for in this game. Send out your best, run up the score, and then, you know, like maybe the second half, uh, Will Rogers can start watching film on like the old Miss defense, like on the sideline. <laughs> like, like that's kind of the approach you got to take. So it's like in this week of practice, you don't overlook Tennessee State, obviously, but be aware of 
what's ahead. It's a short week against your rival in a ranked matchup that's going to determine second place in the SEC West. Like that's, it's as simple as that. So um, I'm sure, Miss, I'm sure Mississippi State fans are thrilled that it's this the gay game or this game this week. Um, we'll see what happens in your game. Ole Miss plays Vanderbilt. It should be just as easy, right? Uh, I mean, this Tennessee State about three years ago, maybe four years ago, um, lost by four at Vanderbilt. So we are. It's not far off that that Tennessee State and Vandy are there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, God bless Vanderbilt, great baseball uh, program and really good great baseball. basketball program and an extremely great uh, institution of higher learning. It's not yeah. a really good football program at the moment. Nashville's a good city. Yeah, a lot of great things going for Vanderbilt. Right. Just the football team is not one of them. Correct. Um, this is. I, I don't know how well they would do in the Southern Conference. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. It's just, you know, Clark Lee's got a really, really, really tough challenge ahead of him. It just really gives me a lot of respect for what James Franklin did, uh, that he had them at like a nine win team, which is insane yeah. to think about looking back on it. Right. Uh, Cause that Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt won like five games with Jay Cutler. <laughs> like, uh, you know, it's match uh, on the back of my neck right now hearing that name. That's <laughs> your boy. Forgot, forgot. We'll talk about Caleb Haney next time. Um, but you know, it, I mean, like you said, this this should be the kind of game where the one Ole Miss is beat up. Matt Corral, he's been fighting this ankle thing for a few weeks now. In a perfect world, he doesn't have to play much in the second half. You've got receivers who are just coming back from an injury. You don't want them to get hurt again. Take them out. I mean, I, I think you've. If it all goes according to plan and, you know, what they say about best laid plans, um, you know, this should be a not close game by some time in the third quarter. And, man, put in Luke Altmeyer, put in those those young receivers and running backs and, and just get ready for the Egg Bowl because, you know, it, it, is it impossible that Ole Miss loses as a 36-point favorite? No. <laughs> uh, Liberty lost as a 30-whatever-point favorite earlier this year. I mean, this these things do happen. Right. But, you know, this Ole Miss team isn't perfect, but I think they're really good. And I just don't see it happening. I, you know, I think they could – I don't think they're overlooking the Egg Bowl. I think they would be stupid to. Um, but, you know, even if they were looking a little bit ahead, I don't think this week should, should be much of a problem. This is – again, it sounds awful because Vanderbilt, a great place. They're kind of an FCS team right now. Right. Yeah, definitely not an SEC team. Like, it, what's interesting in the Ole Miss case is, like, you're not only hoping to get a lead to rest Matt Corral, you're hoping to get a lead so you can rehab Matt Corral because he is not 100%. And, um, you know, all that stuff's going to be taken into account into the Heisman and, you know, all, you know, his health. And it's already, I mean, the the award for Mississippi, Mississippi's Player of the Year is already being talked about so much between Will and, and Matt, and it's like, well, it's, um, you know, if Matt was healthy, and it's like, okay, well, yeah, I mean, well, he's not, not, and that's what they need to kind of focus on this week. I, I'm surprised a little bit that Mississippi, or I'm sorry, um, Old Miss didn't give a little bit of the, uh, oh, Matt got banged up a little bit against AM, and maybe he can't play this week. And like, oh, he tweaked his ankle in practice. Maybe he can't play this week, which you probably can't do against Vanderbilt. Like, like you probably can. 
I'm, I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to give Vanderbilt the benefit of that. Like, Matt Corral doesn't need to start this game. And I understand why you would. Like, you also don't want him to be rusty going in, you know, to Egg Bowl week. Like, you don't and, want- it, and, and it's his last home game, most likely. Yes. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I did forget about that. But, okay, well, he'll have a nice couple, you know, a couple quarters. He'll have, like, two drives. Then they'll score 14 points. And then he'll take him out. Great send-off for him. And, and uh, you know, go – Enjoy the sidelines. Check out the crowd. Go go grab like you know some concession stand food in the second half. You know, speaking of the crowd, did you hear Lane's comments? Uh, he was he's not super happy with the crowd. Why is that? I didn't see that. He said the Ole Miss crowd should be challenged that Texas A and M didn't have to use the silent count. Wow. And he said that's unheard of. Yeah, I mean, and I was like, he does have a point. Listen, that if you're gonna, you know, you want to have that edge in, in home games, and you want to make the other team use a silent count, and um, with the cowbells, Ole Miss is gonna have to do that. I promise you that. Um, but wow, I didn't see those comments. Those are, I mean, those are kind of shots fired. But at the same time, it's like, hey, if you're fans, you got to do your part to make it hard. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the fact that that was like a thing on like the college game day day. Right. Like, how is that possible? Yeah, no, that's pretty embarrassing. I mean, that's a big game, man. That's a huge game. I didn't I it's been here in years. But hey, you know what, though? Like, here's the thing about fans and stuff like that. It's like when, when you know, Herb Street goes on TV and, like, says that, it's just like whatever. But, like, hey, your coach called you out. Like, they'll, they'll, they'll take that seriously. And, you know, maybe they won't. Maybe Vandy week isn't the week to uh, – poor Vandy. Poor yeah, Vandy. Right. Yeah, this is, this is the week when all the fans show up. Right, right. Well, let's touch on one more thing before we uh, wrap up today. Obviously, you had your feature on Sam Williams uh, published today. Really good piece um, that everyone should go check out at djournal.com. Um, yeah, tell us, give us a little, uh, I guess it's not a sneak peek, but it's published, but give us the Spark Notes version of it because I know it's kind of long. And uh, give us the Spark Notes of, of what people should expect from that piece. Yeah, 2,500 words actually needs like a, I need to hand out notes. Um, <laughs> Uh, basically, um, you know, Sam has had a, a well-documented, difficult road uh, to, to, to get where he's been. Um, he, uh, you know, he, he was taken from his mother when he was really young. He, he ended up living in a, you know, a three-bedroom house with nine people for a while. And, um, you know, he, he ended up moving in with a, a substitute teacher at, at a school. And she's really the one that convinced him to play football because he hated football, which is nuts. He hated getting hit um, because he was 6'4 and only like 210 pounds. And he's like, there were freshmen bigger than me, which in Alabama and Montgomery, that kind of makes sense. Some big dudes. Um, and, you know, he, he kind of saw football as his way to, you know, get out and, and, and make things better for himself. And he didn't have the grades to go to a D1 immediately. He went to, you know, Northeast Mississippi as an All-American and all that stuff. And, you know, then he got in some legal trouble when, when he got here and, um, you know, that and, and the birth of his son were two real kind of turning points for Sam. He had always kind of battled consistency and, you know, there was always kind of, you know, you know, where's his head at uh, in, in terms of um, you know, being fully focused on, on football and whatnot. And, 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 you know, almost having everything kind of taken away from him, you know, from his legal issue. And, um, you know, his, his, he's, he's basically said he sees his son as, as his second chance. And, um, you know, he said the one of the, the one of the great things he said to me was, you know, I I know that one day my son is going to look up his name, and he, and we have the same name. It's, it's Sam Jr. So he's he's going to see everything that's been written about Dad, 
And I want to explain to him, yeah, dad screwed up, but he stopped and he got better. And that's what you need to learn that no one's perfect. Um, and so it's, it's a fascinating story. And, you know, he's, he's been, you know, if it wasn't for those insane beasts on Alabama and, and Georgia's defensive lines, he's been one of the best pass rushers in the SEC this year. He's at 10.5 sacks. He's already got the school record, which is nuts with, he had it with three games left. He didn't have one last week. Right. Um, he's having a monster season and he's just really kind of come a long way. And, um, you know, I, 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 I like seeing the sort of redemption story. I think everybody for the most part deserves a second chance. Everybody kind of loses their way at some point. And, um, you know, I, I think his son is sort of his second chance and, and it by all accounts, he's, he's really, he's really taken seriously and he's really kind of turned the corner. It's, uh, it's the kind of stories that like we, you hope you come across like you never want to see somebody go through something awful but you sometimes like there's that party that's like man if i ever come across that story man that would be a great one to to be able to kind of flesh out and um I, you know, i'm fortunate that I, that I was able to do so right no i, I highly encourage everyone to go read that djournal.com um and, and while you're there make sure you uh follow uh justify your existence on your favorite po- podcast platforms or at djournal.com slash podcast uh, go ahead and join our Facebook groups once again. Old Miss discussion with Michael Katz or with Parrish Alford and Michael Katz. Mississippi State discussion with Parrish Alford and Stefan Kreisnik. Make sure to follow D Journal Sports on Twitter. We'll be back next week talking Egg Bowl with you guys.